0: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast. On a Wednesday, lots lot to get to. Hopefully, you had a great Halloween. We're on Megaphone, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, the iHeart radio app. You can subscribe there. Also, every podcast posted at lockedonbengals.com. Great to have you in. On a Wednesday, like I said on Twitter, at locked on Bengals at James Rapine. Did anything happen over the past 20 hours? 22 hours? Man, AJ McCarron. It's funny. If you listen to my show, Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530 from noon to 1, I foreshadow, like, I, I, and sometimes you just throw things out there, just scenarios but without inside information. That's what I did. Final segment of the show. And you can check this out on the iHeartRadio app if you think I'm lying. Yesterday, show, I'm like, well, the Browns missed out on Jimmy Garoppolo. They're kind of desperate. If I'm the Bengals, I would call them. I would call them and offer up A.J. McCarron if the price was right. Turns out (laughs) that exact scenario pretty much happened. The Browns called the Bengals because they're desperate, because they want to get Hugh Jackson, a guy. And A.J. McCarron is that guy. And, well, someone fumbled it at the goal line. I, I have a lot of audio to play for you j- just to offer perspective on what exactly happened. I'm going to start in Cleveland and Scott Petrack covers the Browns for brownzone.com. And this is myself and this is Mo Eger. And we did this on Cincy 360, but I just think it's it's important to get a Cleveland perspective here on Locked on Bengals. You're also going to hear from AJ McCarron on the other side of this. He talked earlier today in the Bengals locker room. So we'll we'll get you that as well. But he, here's... My interview with Scott P. Track along, you'll hear Mo Egger as well, and I asked Scott, what the heck happened yesterday?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one because I think a lot of both sides maybe are trying to cover um, their mistakes, or at least it sounds like the Browns are trying to cover their mistakes. Um, what's clear is that the right paperwork did not get to the NFL office on time. Um, you know, our sources in the Browns said that they sent their paperwork to Cincinnati, expecting Cincinnati to sign the document, and forward that to the league. Um, but Cincinnati, their spokeswoman flat denied it and said they never got anything from the Browns. They sent their work, they sent their paperwork to the league office on time. That was confirmed. And that the league confirmed that the Browns did not get their stuff there in time. So it feels like it's a Browns mistake. Um, I can't tell you why they didn't get their paperwork in time. Maybe somebody got cold feet. Um, but it's another thing that makes the Browns look bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was going to kind of go there next. I, I wonder how much of this is the Browns. You use the term "cold feet," kind of realizing, wait a minute, we're about to overpay. We're about to give a second and a third round pick, valuable commodities, for a guy that hasn't thrown a pass in an NFL game in almost two years. I just, I, I wonder how much of this might have been intentional.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's it's going to be tough to know that, you know, unless you're Sashi Brown, the guy running the front office as head of football operations, um, but. You know, it feels like the coaching staff wanted A.J. McCarron because Hugh Jackson has the experience working with them in Cincinnati. They're desperate to win some games. They have eight games left, and they need to show owner Jimmy Haslam that there's progress being made. If not, everybody's going to get fired. So I think Hugh Jackson's argument is, hey, if we get A.J. McCarron, we have a chance to win whatever, two, three, four games over the last eight games, last half of the season. And then we can show progress, we can show that my offense can work, and maybe we can keep our jobs. And maybe the front office went along with that for a while, and then at the last second was like, man, that's too much to give away for A.J. McCarron. Um, and didn't purposely didn't send in their paperwork in time, hoped it wouldn't get there in time. Um, you know, I can see that as a viable explanation, because you're right. To me, two and, a second and third rounder for A.J. McCarron is way too much especially right on the heels of the Jimmy Garoppolo trade where San Francisco only had to give up a second rounder.
0: Make sure you check out Scott's work at, at brownzone.com. Scott, I, I, it, what's interesting to me, it, you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. How how accurate was it, the, the reports, that, that the the coaching staff was, frankly, pissed off or mad at, at the front office for, for Garoppolo when he got dealt for just a second rounder to San Francisco?
1: I think that was exaggerated. Um, and the details of those reports were off. Um, I do know that Hugh Jackson liked Jimmy Garoppolo, and you know Hugh has a way of saying he likes all these quarterbacks that are out there. You know he liked Sean Watson and he liked Jared Goff, and um, but I believe he liked Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the front office tried to get Jimmy Garoppolo at some point in the offseason, but it feels like they backed off once the season got going. And it turns out that's the time you could have gotten Jimmy Garoppolo, um, and that strikes me as a big mistake, you know? Nobody knows how good Deshaun Kaiser might turn out to be. He's not where he needs to be right now. Um, but if you're trying to find your long-term franchise quarterback, which this organization has failed to do for the last 20 years, um, Garoppolo is one of those guys who gives you a chance to do that. And when you failed on Carson Wentz and you failed on Deshaun Watson, um, it would have made all the sense in the world to make another run at Garoppolo at the trade deadline, and the Bronze apparently didn't do that. And I think that factored into the McCarran almost trade yesterday is that they were either desperate, panicked, trying to make up for that for missing out on Garoppolo, and it almost led you to AJ McCarron.
0: So. We talked about Deshaun Kaiser a little bit. They have half a season in front of them. They can't make a trade. I guess they can grab someone from outside who's a free agent. But between now and the end of the season, what happens at quarterback for a team that has kind of yo-yoed their rookie quarterback all year long so far?
1: Yeah, for me, they have no choice but to go with Deshaun Kaiser. Now, that might not mean any more wins in the final eight games, and it might mean everybody gets fired at the end of the season. But if that's where you are right now, and at the beginning of the season, he was your starter. Um, Why not see if the kid can do it? You know, and I get trying to chase wins, and I have ripped the front offers for not prioritizing winning in their two seasons in charge. But I feel like Deshaun Kaiser is a special circumstance. The guy's 6'4", 233. He's got a big arm. He can run. He hasn't been accurate enough, and he's still getting used to reading NFL defenses and seeing the field fast enough. But I think he has more potential to be a franchise quarterback than anybody the Bronze has had recently. The Johnny Manziels and the Colt McCoys, those kind of guys. I think the Sean Kaiser is a different quarterback than those guys, mm-hmm. and I would like to see him get a legitimate chance. Unfortunately, the, the supporting cast is awful, and that might sabotage any chance he has for development, but at least give him the final eight games. And that's another reason I wouldn't have liked the McCarron trade, because I don't think McCarron's a franchise quarterback. Then you're just robbing Kaiser of a chance to develop. So, I think he should get the eight weeks, and whether or not he will, you know, Hugh Jackson's chasing these wins. He might decide to go back to Cody Kessler if Kaiser struggles coming out of the bye. But Kaiser will start after the bye week against Detroit, and then he has a chance to keep the
0: job. Scott, the the Browns are one in twenty three over the past year and a half. How much of that is on Hugh Jackson?
1: Um, some of it, but to me, not to me, the majority of the blame needs to go to the front office i don't think they've given hugh jackson the necessary talent to win games in this league um and last year they tore it down to the studs and this year the roster just isn't good enough and it's not deep enough and everyone could recognize it and the front office didn't seem to care and they cut joe hayden right before the season starts and now you're missing jason McCordy with an ankle injury and the secondary can't c- cover anybody um you give him a a roster with three quarterbacks none of whom have won a game in the league um so Q has made plenty of mistakes his game management and clock management is not where it needs to be um but the, the the biggest issue is there's not enough talent to win consistently q feels that pressure and he said twice sunday monday i don't have enough talent on this roster we need to play a perfect game and it's hard to be perfect and I agree with him on that. So that
0: was Scott track and he, that, that's on just the Browns, Bengals, and what the heck's going on there in Cleveland. So, so interesting. Uh, and ultimately, it, it, it's one of those things where there's so many angles. You're going to hear from AJ McCarron in just a second, but this is the Locked On Bengals podcast. I am James Rapine. We are no longer on Audio Boom. You can check us out on Megaphone, obviously, iHeartRadio, as we've been. For the past three, four months or so. And then, as always, Apple Podcast, iTunes, and it'll be posted locked on bangles.com on the daily. So you just bookmark our website, podcast will be posted there as well. The biggest question for me for this AJ McCarran thing, or with this AJ McCarran thing, as far as AJ is concerned, was he excited? Was he not? Was he happy that he dodged the bullet that is the Cleveland Browns? Did he want to go? He got asked a ton today in the Bengals' locker room. Here's A.J. McCarron with a bunch of reporters, including myself earlier today at Paul Brown Stadium.
1: What was yesterday like for you? What
2: was
3: that whirlwind of emotions like? The – I don't – really, I can – it's hard to um, answer it truthfully. Um, Because you're sitting there with family getting ready for Halloween and – dressing little man up and then you get a call that says you're going somewhere and then uh you start trying to figure out you know what's happening really um and then you're not so
0: so you were told you were
2: you told you were uh you're going, you going to the Bronx
3: uh yeah I My mean, my agent thought you know it was um a done deal and all I know is uh what I was told and Paperwork got turned in um, a little too late, and that's why I didn't go down.
1: Yesterday morning, did you think there was any chance in the world that you were going to be traded?
3: No. I came in here, worked out, um, watched film, did my usual Tuesday deal, and uh, and then went home and was getting ready for Halloween and figuring out uh, how much candy we had, if we were going to have any people. I think that's what I'm more upset about. <laughs> um, we got all that candy and nobody showed up to the house. So, um, kind of like the trade. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Um, what time did you find out it, wasn't, it didn't go down? I guess when everybody else found out on Twitter.
0: Oh, you didn't? Nobody, nobody came to see that?
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, my agent said they were uh, writing a appeal for the thing um, on the trade that it should be passed and I got a call later on after that said uh, it didn't it got rejected so What kind of conversations have
2: you had with Marvin front office etc um
3: none I mean you know talked to Marvin for a little bit yesterday um and (laughs) (laughs) and just uh you know he told me uh he, he was still glad to have me here and um and you know, I, I, today I'm going to thank um, Mr. Brown personally just because uh, I admire that, you know, um, he was just going to give me the opportunity to uh, go start and play somewhere, and I really appreciate that of him. Um, you know, he's he's been an unbelievable owner uh, for my, my experience here, so um, I really appreciated that. An immediate reaction when you were first told that you were supposedly traded. I mean, excited, because um, I'm a big competitor, and you want to play, and you want your opportunity. But that's about it, really.
1: How long did you think you were a Cleveland Brown?
3: I mean, I don't know if I ever really thought it. Um, really, I mean, I've I've learned through this whirlwind of a year. Um, you know you can't really expect anything until it actually happens so um i just waited till i actually found out and then reacted really after that so what about the possibility of reuniting with Hugh Jackson how exciting would that have been yeah it, it, it would have been really exi- you know exciting but um you know it uh it didn't happen so i i mean i i'm i'm blessed to be either way i mean either either situation um, i'm living out my dream playing in the NFL and uh, have a beautiful family um, everybody's healthy so um, you know it would have been awesome but at the same time uh, i'm focused on my job here now and being you know the best backup uh, the best scout team guy i mean whatever I need to be um, for us to, you know, to help win uh, during the week to hopefully so it correlates on, on the weekend. But um, I'm just blessed, and yeah, you know, th- there's no hard feelings either way. Um, it's just a, a good time to be living right now, I guess.
1: Does it make to har- does it make it hard to focus even the sh- in the, even in the short term?
3: No, um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing it does, you know, been through a lot of mind games. So I think it makes you mentally tougher um, stronger and lets you see all the crazy sides of this business in a short amount of time uh, I mean just in my year alone I've experienced a lot that guys that have been in the year i mean in the in the league ten years hasn't experienced so um just by hearing your name then you are you might be so um but like I said I'm blessed to be in my situation and uh I'm just in, enjoying every minute of it.
0: A.J. McCarron in the Bengals locker room with a bunch of reporters. I was there as well, and it, it was crazy. I mean, probably 30 people huddled around A.J. McCarron as he answers questions. He probably thought he was uh, at Bama preparing for a national championship game. Look, it. there's so many sides to this. Uh, I, I will say this. It would have been a great deal for the Bengals. They were going to get a second and third round pick. You heard Joe Goodberry. Either you heard Joe Goodberry on this podcast or he told me off of it. But either way, he said that this offensive line draft in 2018, the prime spots are in the second third round. They were getting a second and third rounder. So if they needed four offensive linemen, like a lot of people have discussed, they would have probably been able to get them in rounds two and three because they would have had two second rounders in two, ultimately maybe three third round picks, depending on the compensatory situation with Kevin Zeitler. So this team... That was the trade. That's why you see the Bengals pull the deal. And one other perspective that I want to offer is Marvin Lewis. Obviously, Marvin Lewis, say what you want about him, but he values A.J. McCarron. I thought these comments were interesting, and I don't blame him one bit. Here's Marvin Lewis earlier today on the A.J. McCarron trade. That didn't go through on the entire situation as far as moving on from McCarran if they would have had to, et cetera. I'm going to piece all this together, but uh, so, so you'll just hear Marvin, uh, a few thoughts in a row from him. But here's Marvin Lewis on this whole situation. Marvin, how common is it that trades get
2: derailed because the paperwork isn't filed in time? I don't know that I've ever you know, really heard of one. I think, you know, obviously on draft day, there's a little bit more urgency because if you don't get it in and the next team can go ahead and jump you and uh, that way so may take your player if, if they you know have an idea that could happen but uh, but in this case uh, you know you know enough said haven't there been trades made though that the was filed just a little bit after the deadline they granted I have no idea. I mean all you have to do is notify the League Office you're making a deal. And that's an easy thing, you know, which which you know, we spoke to the person in there that uh, you know, uh, our things there. So that's all you gotta do, right? I you know, again, my job is the Jacksonville drag wires and uh and I just know that uh at the point when I last checked, um you know, so just hold your number two. I didn't say any of that. I just said I just said when I last checked. So, again, uh, you know, I think it's not a, it's not a good situation. Uh, I mean, it's a, a thing, you know, I mean, uh, AJ is a very valuable member of this team. And I told him as that is, is such yesterday, you know, yesterday afterwards, everything. And uh, frankly, I was relieved. And uh, so I don't have to go through those gymnastics of the next step. So, um, you know, and, and, and he's a great kid. Uh, he's a true team player, he's a leader. He's a leader on this football team, and, uh, and that's why we felt like he's such a valuable asset. And uh, the man upstairs was very clear about that and uh, so forth. So, um, you know, of, of how we felt about him. So that's, that,
0: that's the key. If you're Marvin Lewis, you're probably happy that it didn't get done. And I say that because Marvin Lewis, as of now, you, you probably think so, I think so, certainly has something to prove, coaching for his job. Well, he has an incompetent offensive line going into the number one pass rush defense pretty much in the league. They lead the league in sacks. They go by Saxonville now. Their defensive line's gotten even better. Oh, and by the way, your offensive line can't even run the ball to alleviate pressure on Andy, and Andy's regressed some. So if Andy gets hit and maybe gets injured, your season's probably done if you're turning to Jeff Driscoll. At least with A.J. McCarron, you trust him some. So I don't blame Marvin for saying that, that he was relieved that he didn't have to think about the backup quarterback position if Driscoll should be the guy. Obviously, naturally, the segue would have been, well, do the Bengals bring in Colin Kaepernick? You know, and they have to avoid they avoid all that. So to me, it sucks long term because that second and third round pick could have been you could have rebuilt the offensive line by day two, by the end of day two on the draft. Instead, they still have a chance to do that. It's going to be a little harder, and you have to wonder what they're going to be able to get from AJ, for AJ McCarron this offseason. Assuming that his grievance gets denied, I'm assuming that's what's going to happen. In, basically, if you're not familiar with this, AJ McCarron was on the non football injury list as a rookie. Since he was on that list and, and basically didn't play at all, wasn't active, the NFL is saying that he shouldn't, that year shouldn't count towards his free agency which would mean the Bengals get him next season as well. A.J. filed a grievance. He fought it. He he had to talk to an arbitrator and all that stuff. We'll see what happens. Obviously, A.J. McCarron wants to be a free agent as soon as possible. If he's not, well, then the Bengals could potentially move him this offseason. Would Cleveland give up a second and a third round pick then? Hell no. I don't think any team will. But because they'll have options. You know, they'll have options. It'll be draft time. But I still think AJ McCarron will have some kind of value, and ultimately, if they did let him walk in 2019 or even at the end of this year, they'll get a compensatory pick, assuming um, you know he plays somewhere, goes somewhere, and plays. So it, it'll it'll be interesting. There's a lot there. Bengals miss out. Browns. It's probably good for them because they need those picks. <laughs> they need a lot of picks. But uh, honestly, I think my boy Hugh Jackson's going to get fired, and that, that'll open up a whole nother bag of worms. I threw a lot at you today. Scott Petrack, shout-out to him. Obviously heard from A.J. McCarron, Marvin Lewis. You can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, as they say, iHeartRadio app. Check out LockedOnBengals.com. By the way, I used the promo code the other day. If you need SeatGeek, use promo code LONFL. Used it for my tickets going to Jacksonville. I've said it for, like, eight weeks. Going to Jacksonville Friday. I can't wait for that. So, hey, if you guys are going to the game... Actually, I'll put that out there. If there's anybody that will be at the Jacksonville game, let me know. We'll meet up for a beer or something. You can email me, James JamesRapine at ESPN1530.com. Hit me up on Twitter, at James JamesRapine, at Locked on Bengals. Until tomorrow, when – oh, by the way, I did – see, that's the thing. We didn't even have time. I talked to Carl Lawson today. I talked to Russell Bodine today about that Jags defensive line. You'll hear from them tomorrow on the Locked on Bengals podcast. It's been great to chat with you for the the time I had to chat with you. Hopefully, you enjoyed all that perspective. We'll continue to move on here. Bengals don't make a move at the deadline, but they tried, right? Give them some credit. They almost had the opportunity to rebuild the offensive line completely by day two, by the end of day two of the draft. That is amazing to me. Astonishing. They almost traded A.J. McCarron. I'm James Erpine. This has been the Locked on Bengals podcast. Have a great day.